we all develop new habits sometimes and you know if our friends don't tell us about them then are they really our friends Christian Gokel here on second down glad to have y'all hanging out with us here as we try to try to send you into the weekend here on a positive note, on a happy note, we got a lot of things to talk about. I haven't been on the show in a couple of days. Yeah, for sure. Some Braves baseball, and then I believe what Kevin Thomas described as manual labor yesterday. I don't know if I would describe what we did yesterday as manual labor. Just some uh, necessary, necessary refortifications of some very important company facilities. That's that's an extremely good way to put it, and I do like the fact that. You weren't sarcastic at all when, when you said that yeah. because it wasn't sarcastic. No, there, it was, there are people who are listening right now who are probably heading home yeah. because they had to be up at 3 or 4 o'clock this morning to go to work and actually do manual labor. Yeah, we're not saying no, Yeah, no, no. we did not do manual labor yesterday. No, 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 no. Working inside an air-conditioned <laughs> environment, like, I, I appreciate you, Kevin, but that was, <laughs> that was not manual labor. But no, uh, speaking of habits, sometimes we develop habits and you don't realize that you're developing a habit, and I think it is on your friends or family members to let you know, hey, this is kind of weird that you started doing this, but maybe it's something we should address. Uh, and so, PJ, I feel like me and all of our listeners are your friends and family members here. Okay, all right. And so there's something is we this, need to address. Is this about... PJ does not talk to me all day. <laughs> all day. Listen, it's not that but, bad. But every single show now, he starts telling me his life story <laughs> literally as we're playing the intro music. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing to do with the show. More of a, a story that kind of starts with, you know what's funny? Yeah. And I'm just like, was we it? have 20 seconds until the show starts, <laughs> and you're trying to tell me about your tax return situation. Wasn't it done before Mark stopped talking? No, you did not. There was no culmination of that story. You just kind of realized, oh, God, I'm out of time, so I kind of have to go, huh. No, there was. And then pause. No, there was. Okay, you, you a story doesn't end when you go, so it was funny. Like just when you stop it during the middle, like right, it, it, it. That's how I end my stories. I just thought that was funny. So you start a story. I think it's funny, and then you end it. Just thought that was funny. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. So it's just maybe like give you listen, no time to laugh. Just we, get right into the show. We come on the air at two o three. Maybe if you could start these stories at one fifty five, we'd be solid. It's a very good point. Um, if you could trigger my my memory in some way at one fifty five, so I remember. The thing, because that's most of the time you're not thinking about anything, whatever, blah blah, and then something just kind of triggers in your mind, and that's when you tell the story. It's not my fault that that happened at you know, two. You know what I think happens is this, it's the first all time right. all day that you've like stopped doing something. That's actually whether it's, whether it's kind like of true. Yeah. working, being on your phone, doing anything. Like it's the first time you just kind of like stop and you know like let your mind work. Yeah. And so you're just like, uh, I have to fill the silence somehow. Uh, it's my taxes. Well, I don't think it's that. I, I I don't. I think you were on a very good point there, and until you said like, I don't really mind the silence. The silence is fine. I'm I'm actually someone like like in car trips and stuff like that. I feel like the other person's feeling awkward because like I'm good with just not talking. I'm perfectly I will tell fine you, with that. I will tell you, I am perfectly fine with saying zero words. Yeah, well, I think for hours upon end, right? Like you and me were in the truck for for a while together yesterday, and I think we both very clearly were fine with that. <laughs> you know like, who's not okay with that? <laughs> Kevin. Hey, I didn't say anything. <laughs> the look, the look. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just gonna eye contact him awkwardly. No, if we're gonna start out like out and like my dad's really bad at that. Like my dad will talk about literally anything under the sun 
as long as they're not there's not silence. You know the best way to deal with but, that? Put your head back and go to sleep. Uh, yeah, that no, being said, we have we have a lot of sports to talk about. I'll try to fix that. By the to way, ca- thank you. To- I guess not. We'll see. Look, just give me like three minutes earlier to start the story. All right, I will start trying to do what you said and stop doing. Like when we had Kevin on to do the so 90s, my mind triggers to do the nineties you know country. I mean? like, to do I the nineties country thing. Yeah. It's like Kevin was kind of looking at me because you were just. I'm not saying what you're talking about is not things that I'm interested in. I am clearly interested in them, but also at the same time, as the show liner is starting to run, maybe it's time to wrap it up. And not I don't mean wrap it up when you hear Mark finish talking and the intro music fading out. I will yeah, no, for sure. There's maybe a two second delay between PJ's last word and me starting the show. No, that's that's true. There might not even be two seconds between what were you saying about the the country music thing though? No, like the the segment then the when we started the show with Kevin doing the nineties country thing, you literally did the same thing and Kevin was looking at me like, Is he gonna stop before the show starts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Because literally I hit on and you stopped talking. I I turned (laughs) the mics on and you stopped talking. Yeah, I was done. Yeah. So yeah, we're just (laughs) we're we're working on it here. Uh Huge news yesterday, and I, I will say this is huge news because you know how passionate we are on the show, and I like to think we got this done. I think there's a very good chance we did. Because we are, if there's one thing the show talks about consistently, it's uniforms. Mm-hmm. Big fans. One of the one of the most important discussions we've ever had on this show is about the Falcons when they switch their uniforms, I like to think. Yeah. Because, boy, do they mess that whole situation up. But somebody finally got it right. News coming out yesterday of Athens of Georgia switching, reverting back from the Bulldog Bold, which was the font Georgia had used for their numbers and letters, reverting back to the block numbers. Thank goodness. Or what people call the varsity font. Okay. Right? Block numbers. The same font that Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Tennessee, I believe Florida, like, Everybody at USC, everybody all, uses. All the teams with really solid uniforms. Right. All yeah. the, all the, I mean, there. Are, the, the, listen, if we want to go off on a tangent, there are teams with really solid uniforms that don't use this. Sure. But just, this is the same uniform that Georgia wore for, or the same number that Georgia wore every single season of Georgia's history up until 2013 or 2014, one or the other. And then you make the switch. And some fans like it, some fans don't. I am a huge fan. I am a huge fan of them switching back to the block numbers because I just I think it looks like Georgia. Yeah. The red and black, man. Mm-hmm. That's a crispy uniform. And I for a long time I would say this. I think the best away uniform in college football is Georgia's away uniform. It's up there. Those red lids with the white tops and the silver britches, which are really gray britches right now, but that's a whole other tangent we can go off <laughs> yeah. into because Nike can't figure out how to get the paint to not be heavy on to make the silver britches actually silver. Yeah. But that being said, now that the Black, they're back to the block numbers. I, th- I think Georgia pretty clearly has the best away uniform in college football. Some of the best, for sure. All no, right, they're, they're up there. They're, no, no, no. They're like S tier for for me, no okay. doubt. There's not, and there's not a lot of teams up there that that are in that elite category. Uh, I think it's funny that it's it's ironic. They're like the one team that goes away from my kind of uniform theory of how I like the colors to to work out with the away, like. Every every piece of the jersey is a different color. Like you have the, yeah. the gray silver silver pants, and then you have the white, and, and then the and then uh, the red on top. And normally I like a little bit more uniform. And I'm not going to. You try like and more say uniformity that in the uniforms. There you go. Okay. So yeah, 
But they go away from that and they make it work. It's just it looks incredibly clean, and like you said, it's just going to be even better now that the the block numbers are back. And it was interesting how Georgia's sure. social media did this. There was a bunch of like cryptic like Riddler from the new The Batman. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm not being an old person there. Like the title of the movie is The Batman. <laughs> I'm not saying like I need to go use the internet. Right. Don't right? come. At, yeah. Don't come a Christian about that. Like it's yeah. the name of the movie. Right. It's the they Batman. They decided to do it that way. From the latest The Batman. Uh, it's very Riddler-esque, the way they did the one, where it was like the numbers, like yeah. 2022, and the numbers kept switching from like cursive to block. Mm-hmm. And then they tweeted out something that looked like it was in, um, I'm not forgetting the oh, the tapping code. I don't know why. Oh, Morse code. Morse code, thank yeah. you. I don't know why they completely blanked on that, but they had Morse code, <laughs> and then they had just had like the the little blocks that kids play with yeah. that have the numbers and the letters on them, and they deleted the tweet. And there's another yeah. tweet that they put out yeah. where they deleted the tweet, but it's like it's just enough time for you to glimpse at it before they delete it. Like, oh. And so everybody was kind of like, oh, go black. They're, they're back. I, I thought that was pretty creative. From Georgia's that was media. really cool. Whereas yeah. like you knew that they didn't run that by Kirby Smart because he had been like, just put the dang jerseys out. I think most college coaches probably yeah. would be like that. but I don't know. There's a lot of coaches now that are kind of coming around on the old social media. Well, that's the thing, right? If, if Ole Miss did something like this, Lane Kiffin would have been retweeting it and right. saying something about it no matter what. So you're, you're right about that. No, I thought that was very creative and, and a very cool thing to do. Like you said, even going back and deleting the tweets like, like they were sent out by mistake or something like that, yeah. that was really cool also. Um, so, yeah, everything around it I thought was, was really solid. There's, there's another – we were talking about it while we were in the truck. There's another kind of revelation in those pictures with the jerseys. I mean, you have the numbers, of course, but yep. – you said something about uh, one of the, one of the jerseys that I thought was was really cool and hopefully will make more of a comeback. What's that? Okay, so one of the things you you mentioned and pointed out to me is now this wasn't a recruiting visit. Any this was an announcement specifically yeah. for the numbers. But also, if you look, there's the white away uniform, there's the red home uniform, and then the black jerseys. Which yes, I know Georgia wore black jerseys. Uh, last year or the year before that with, like, the, the dog collar and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, the last time Georgia wore them was the, the Arkansas pe- game, the right? Peach Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did yeah. wear it in the Peach Bowl. You're right. Um, but th- they wore those with the dog collar and everything. These were more of the just kind of yeah, they're the OG. home uniforms. The OG, like when Matt Stafford. Switch around a Yeah, when yeah. Matt Stafford and Osha Moreno and Thomas Brown all came out with the old switcherooski. Right. Uh, with that one, yeah. So they gone are the spiked collars. Right. On the black Which I don't think those were bad, but I, I no, will it's just, say... It's, uh, these, these, though, are clean. Yes. The, my favorite alternate black uniforms of all time, period, are the, are the Georgia ones. Right. And it's because they don't overthink it. But, yeah, no, absolutely. I Support and, and very thankful that they're changing up now. Just Pittsburgh Steelers, take some notes, and please, God, change back yeah. to the block numbers as well. I'm having to reel <laughs> myself in here because we do have a lot I want to get to here. Uh, I'm trying to look at all the different stuff we need to talk about. Uh, we had some big news before the show started. One of the biggest uh, remaining, I don't even know what you call him now. Like, what do you call a player who's in the transfer portal? You call it like a free agent? <laughs> I, man, One of the biggest the unsigned portalers. transfer portal player. Yeah, portaler. We'll, we'll workshop <laughs> it. Uh, one of the biggest unsigned players in the transfer portal. Uh, Tyler Harrell out of Louisville, one of the speedsters uh, from that team, one of the best receivers in college football, is on the move. PJ, can you hazard a guess as to where Mr. Harrell is headed? 
Well, if we're talking about it, um, probably either Alabama or Georgia. He is headed to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, imagine that. So <laughs> Alabama loses Jamison Williams, who's the best transfer uh, from last year, I'd probably say. Uh, and then yeah. you lose John Mechie. This comes on the heels of losing Devonta Smith. And um, number 17, uh, it's Friday, man. I'm Jaylen kind of Waddle. in the same boat. Okay, and losing Jalen Waddle. So like back-to-back like... years, you're losing like potential first-round picks. Like I think if John Mechie and Jamison Williams both don't get hurt, they're probably like late first-round. Or Jamison Williams is probably Absolutely. early first-round pick. John Mechie is probably yeah. late. But first-round talent, like back-to-back. So what do you do? You go still Georgia's best receiver and Jermaine Burton, uh, and he balls out in your past couple of scrimmages. And then you're like, ah, I could use some more because uh, Hall's headed to Texas. Uh, I could use some more help. Let's just go get Louisville's best receiver, the best remaining receiver there in the transfer portal. Oh, and by the way, we got the best running back in the transfer portal, Jameer Gibbs. That offense is so scary. Well, okay, here's where I want to talk about it. Number one, Nick Saban just massacring the transfer portal, and he warned you that this was going to happen uh, when you did this. Turning into Mr. Mr. Steal Your Player. Yeah, Yeah, Mr. Steal Your Player. That's it. Yep. Uh, That being said... I do have some concerns about this Alabama offense, and it's pretty relative because they're, I'd say, the second-best offense in college football behind Ohio State. Uh, yeah, I can see uh, that. I think Ohio State probably has the best offense. I mean, those receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, if we're doing like Madden ratings, might be the best player in college football not named Will Anderson. Yeah, he's scary good. Yeah, I hate talking about yeah, he's this. Filthy. But- he, had, what, he had 300 yards in the... Rose Bowl against yeah. Utah, who's like a top four team coming into 2022. Yeah, their defense is immaculate, and he just shredded it like Swiss yeah. cheese. I mean, he, they're and they have they're incredible. They all have around. Marvin Harrison the third mm-hmm. over there, and then that's not even talking about their just when I say stable of running backs, stable of running backs. So Ohio State is going to be filthy next year, but Alabama is going to be really, really good. Here's what concerns me: all of those pretty toys that you have yeah. mean absolutely nothing if you can't keep Bryce Young upright. And Alabama's losing a bunch of talent, mainly Evan Neal, to the draft. And I know it was a spring game, but the biggest concern every Alabama beat writer has, and I should say every Alabama fan should have, is the offensive line because I believe one of the teams in the uh, 8A game was sacked 12 times. Goodness. Now, granted, in a spring game, it's just a tap if you you touch the quarterback, but Will Anderson was massacring people. And he does that to everyone. But still, True. he was folding down that line of scrimmage. And Alabama, again, is having to replace a potential top three pick at left tackle. And it's going to take them in it. And they have a week two road trip to Texas where they're playing like five of their former players. Am I saying they're going to get upset by Texas? No. But you have a tough out-of-conference schedule. And then you have to play in an SEC West that has some pretty dang good defensive lines. So... I mean, most of the time, like hey, this is going to be a war of attrition. Yeah, and if Bryce Young's getting banged up all year, that like if there's one thing that prevents Alabama from going 15, 15 and zero and just running away with the national championship next year, I think it's this offensive line. Again, it's yeah. all relative. They still have one of the best offenses in college football and could very legitimately do that. But I do look at this as a potential Achilles heel. True. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep any quarterback upright for sure, and and like you said, any. I feel like the the staple for most SEC teams is like, listen, even if they're not great record-wise and total team-wise, they're most likely going to have really good defensive lines and in front sevens. So, you, like you said, you, you got to be ready for that. Most of the time, Alabama is, uh, but they are showing a, a little bit of a weakness there. And not only that, I hate that we have to 
say that this uh, about athletic quarterbacks all the time, but just because they're athletic doesn't mean they want to run around all the time. Doesn't like Bryce Young is an insanely good pocket passer and, and is very comfortable in the pocket, and that's where he wants to throw from. So you know, Bryce Young is not built for running the football ten yeah, to fifteen times a game. Exactly, he's exactly. kind of slight. Right. You so, know, like Kyler Murray's short, but he's built like a spark plug. Right. Yeah. Like he's just he's just. Yeah, he right? can take it. Yeah. yeah, like he he could he could take some licks. Like kind of like Baker Mayfield, not overly tall, but just kind right. of thick. Yeah. Right? Like 6'1", 210, 215 pounds. Bryce Young, if I had to guess, is probably hovering around the 170s, 180s. Right. Right? So like not built for getting tackled from behind by 300-pounders multiple times a game. Not at all. Right? But if you let him stay in the pocket and you give him some lanes, there's not a better thrower of the football in college football. Exactly. No, precisely. Yeah. And And... Every time that's why, for his sake, I hope that he yeah. doesn't go to the Falcons in a couple of years because the abuse that Matt Ryan had to take the past few years. I don't know if old Bryce could stand up to it. I feel so bad for for Marcus Mariota right now, just in general. But uh, no, you're you're exactly right, and that's the main worry. <sighs> listen, is like, you get, you, you, listen, he he didn't have to sign that contract. He he didn't <laughs> have to. Then again, he he needed something. Uh, and obviously, not not a lot of yeah. people lining up at the door right now. So he he, he kind of took what he had to. Hopefully, he can run away from all those hits this year. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, exactly. That's that's my main concern is not only with the offense of, of a whole, but I hope we don't see Bryce Young. Well, I mean, this is weird, right? Because we're Georgia Sports Talk Radio and talking about hoping not. <laughs> well, no, but college football college football is less good if Bryce Young isn't in it. Exactly. Right? No, like, for it's sure. Like we, well, I just you, hope we also don't want... see him regress just because of that. Yeah. Right. I mean, like. If he, if he has struggles, he has struggles. But uh, that that would be a, a disappointment. But like you said, as a as a team, this is Alabama, right? Uh, you, you know, I'm not going to have to feel bad, very bad for them either way. Um, I will say this, this. Is Alabama, Nick Saban, that they can do what they need to to get better, and we'll see if they do. I will say, Bill O'Brien with that offense, even last year with as good of offense lineman as they had, they'll take the downfield shots. But where they kind of stretch you sideline to sideline is they just hit those quick tunnel screens and bubble screens, and it's yeah. just out of Bryce Young's hands really fast. A lot of slants, a lot of RPOs. So, like, I, if there was an offense that could maybe stand up to having to deal with some offensive line issues early, it's probably this one. Very good point, yeah. And then Jameer Gibbs catching the ball out of the backfield, but also his ability on the zone runs. Like, he's going to help out a lot as well. So, I I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into the fact that this is going to keep them from being in the SEC championship, playing for a chance to go to the college football playoff, or maybe guaranteeing themselves a spot in the college football playoff. But... It's something to watch out for. All right, we got a lot more to get to, a lot more spring game talk. There's a bunch of huge storylines uh, this weekend. What we're going to do here in a couple of segments is run through these games, and I'll give you a reason why you should check out each one of them. Uh, also, got some Braves baseball coming up later tonight. Got a big time contributor to that World Series championship going to be in town receiving his World Series ring. Uh, also, though, I want to come back and I talk about a developing story. New York Times uh, put an article about it out yesterday. I think it's something that has a lot of local relevance uh, just with the amount of people involved in sports around here. So we'll come back, we'll talk about that, and then dive into some more spring games and Braves talk a little bit later. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. We'll be right back after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Friday afternoon. Got Braves baseball coming up for you a little bit later. 7-20 first pitch. Kyle Wright on the mound for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, but, PJ, I told you last segment, I want to get into a story from the New York Times. And, you know, 
maybe not the publication that I thought would cover this particular uh, side of sports, but okay. I appreciate it all the same. <laughs> per the NFHS, this is from the New York Times, from 2018 to 2021, roughly 20% of high school officials quit. Right. Yeah. And statements from the NFHS says they ha- currently have more officials who are over the age of 60 than under the age of 30. Yeah. So if you look at that fulcrum, not trending in the right direction for officials. Sure. And there yeah. are already there's already shortages in a bunch of states, uh, but the ones that would surprise you, Florida and Texas, are facing pretty critical shortages to the point where Texas, which is known for Friday night lights, mm-hmm. plays games on Mondays and Tuesdays simply because they don't have enough officials. I know in Georgia, I, you've seen a lot. I think the first round of the playoffs, there was two different classifications that had to play games on Saturdays yeah. simply because they did not have enough officials to go around. Right. Now, some of that was you didn't have enough quote-unquote qualified officials where they had been graded out as good enough for the playoffs. But also, if you look at a bunch of different cities and counties around the state of Georgia, a lot of them are playing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, simply because they don't have enough officials. Now, when asked why they don't have enough officials or why these officials are quitting, 70% of them referenced players and fans. Specifically, parents screaming and threatening them and a pretty drastic rise in players assaulting officials. Yeah. Uh, This one happened just over this weekend. Sidney Freeman was refereeing a youth basketball game at the DeKalb Church, which is in Atlanta, uh, when he was attacked. He said he was, basically to summarize the story, officiating a game in which he describes as not an overly contentious game, but the players started complaining about the officiating before the half, and he said he heard one of the coaches look at his players and say, don't worry, we'll get them after the game. That yeah. came to fruition when five players and a coach jumped him after a game, lacerating his ear, a bunch of swelling on his head. Mm-hmm. Here's where I'm at with this. Number one, <clears throat> officials don't do this to pay the bills. Right. Like, I would say in the state of Georgia, the biggest and probably most difficult officiating you can get a job for is football. Right? You have any idea how much these dudes make on a Friday night? Off the top of my head, no. About 120 bucks. Yeah. That makes sense. About 120 bucks. Yeah. For officiating these games. Right? You're not doing that to pay the bills. Right. Right, you're doing that because you love football, mm-hmm. right? Or you love basketball, or you love lacrosse, right? And I understand that parents, you care about your babies. I really do. Yep. But do you think the best way to voice your displeasure with the officiating as a grown adult is to scream at an official? To, to let your, I mean, there was a Tennessee legislator this year. Like who who goes to Washington, right, and represents our country? <laughs> yeah. Who tried to pants a referee at a game? Mm-hmm. 
And he came out, he said, you know, I did a bad job. You know, I just, I let my emotions take over. Yeah, whatever. I just, I, I really struggle with this because, again, you, we don't have the sports that we cover, specifically at the lower levels, without officials. Right. And if you want to take it even further than that, these are the ones who get, like, paid good money in high school. If you're going to, like, your 9- or 10-year-old softball game or your 9- or 10-year-old's baseball game, and you're screaming at the 16-year-old kid who's out there just trying to make 40 bucks on a weekend, Yeah, you need to reevaluate a lot of things. Yep. Reevaluate a lot of things. And then if you get so emotionally invested in this that you cause bodily harm to another human being at a church in DeKalb County, mm-hmm. you should never be allowed on another playing field for the rest of your life. Agreed. Like the players... <clears throat> I can get being young, still no excuse, but if you're a coach leading the charge. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the players literally got a green light. I mean, that, that's, that's where, I mean, there's a the lot dude, of things. The that dude's been arrested. Uh, yeah. It was a team from Alabama. The dude's been arrested. And it's a 26-year-old. Right. That's a grown man. Yeah. That's a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, don't worry, we'll get him after the game. Yeah. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's it. There's a lot of different words, right? It's a, it's embarrassing. The scenes are just kind of horrific. But again, like th- this, this isn't the first time we've seen this. Whether it be like that, we've seen players recently go after referees. Um, that there was that one uh, big one, I believe, out of Texas. Where well, that wasn't a referee. He that was a player tackling another player. Was it the baseball? No, I'm talking about the football one. Oh, oh yeah, from last year. Yeah, like, well, there's another one from Texas. Right. This past like weekend, where yeah. you had a player tackling another player. But yeah, no, there's the one where the player got ejected from the game, and the official had his back turned and just came and speared him in the middle of the back. Yeah, yeah. I think he got arrested. Yeah, I believe so yeah. too. So now there's a lot of words for this, and um, I, I don't know. It's just horrific. It's embarrassing. I I feel like th- there's a line drawn. You started this by saying, yeah. I, "I get it. You care about your babies," and I understand that too. You get passionate about certain yeah. things. You want to see. Um, you, you know, your, your kids compete at, in the right way and, and do it in a way that you think is fair. Yeah. Of course, I understand that. Being passionate is one thing. Um, there, there's a line that's drawn, though, when you I start. Feel, I feel like there's a level like the, that, <clears throat> like emotion that people don't know how to deal with. And maybe yeah. it's just like society now. Or I don't know because I wasn't around back in the day when like going to football games or base, baseball games or basketball games. So like, I don't know how people treated officials back then, but it's from everything I'm reading, it sounds like it's getting worse. I feel like maybe yeah. there's a sense of entitlement and people don't know how to deal with the emotion that comes with, you may not like it, but there's nothing you can do about it. True. Like That's a very good point. Like yeah. if you're sitting in the stands and an official keeps calling holding and you don't feel like your team's holding, you know what you can do about that? Absolutely nothing. Right. And so people don't know how to deal with that emotion and so they kind of let that emotion overtake them. And like, listen... It's sports. You're going to hear chirping from the fans. You're of course, like, yeah. You're I'm like, not saying... Like, hey, get, yeah. get, get your, we, have, we run a commercial that says, like, you, <laughs> yeah. you need to get your eyes checked over it's at true. the eye center. Like, we run a commercial about the refs, but I can understand the chirping. Yeah. Right? Now, do you need to make it derogatory? Absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. Keep it about yeah. the sport. I think that's fine. And some schools do a good job of monitoring that, but it's when you are so upset that you feel the need to physically intervene. Yep. You really need to reevaluate some things. 
Absolutely. You need to evaluate your anger management. You need to evaluate the things that bother you. Because mm-hmm. I can guarantee you, dad or mom out there who has like actually touched an official after the game, it's probably not the fact that some 19, 20-year-old refereeing your kid's game messed up a call. You probably have some other stuff going on. True. You know? And, and you feel like verbally berating a teenager on a field is the best way to do that. Right. Or, I mean, let's... Yeah. Yeah. And that's one. Or an, an older man or woman who's literally just trying to be there and, and yeah. support the game. Because like well, you said, I think there's a big separation between high school and youth sports. Like, in high sure. school, the officials are separated from the crowd. Yeah. Right? Like, the, the fans are in the stands. And most high schools you go to now... You have no access to the field, mostly to keep the players safe, but the officials are isolated, right? You can get yelled at and stuff. Yeah. And but for the most part, they have separate parking. They're not gonna get it's gonna be a lot more difficult. It's to, it's more yeah, difficult to get happen. to them. But like I said, when you're at a eleven U soccer game, yeah, and there's you and your fellow teenager there officiating the game, and your parents are literally right there on the field screaming at you. Right. It's a little bit different. I mean, like and the, the last thing you want to do, see some parent for the team in purple over there with the sweatshirt, right? Come running at you in like a big old purple hippopotamus yeah. ready to whip your tail. Right. So it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that people let this happen. But I, mean, I think the, yeah. the, the unintended consequences are you're not going to have any more officials for your kids' games. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's really easy to make that decision. Like... It's well. It's tough for the referees, but no, that that's that's how it's going to work. Like, yeah. if if this keeps happening, then that's that's going to be right. We're going to keep losing referees and whatever. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a huge problem, and I think the the biggest well, the biggest issue with this is the fact that people are getting physically harmed, uh, but because of that, because of that anger and that undealt with just kind of frustration and and rage that people are are feeling and acting out on uh, the the other consequence of this is what we saw with this a few days ago the example you're setting for those kids you're you, like i said th- those kids were given the green light by that coach and not only that but the, the coach was sports are involved never, I, i'm just gonna so, say this and this is on a sports radio show yeah and i if there's kids listening i hope they're listening if there's parents who yell at officials or have like gone into a fight with officials i certainly hope you're listening this is a sports radio show sports are never important enough to cause bodily harm to another human being. Absolutely. There are very few things in life, honestly, that, that are. I, I would say in sports is definitely yeah. one of those things that is not important enough to, to do that. So completely agree. But, uh, yeah, that, that's one of my biggest things is just like you're literally not only are you causing that harm, but you're also now showing an example in raising kids that, like, this yeah. example is okay. Oh, and like, I, I want people it's, it's to fully, fine to do this. I want and, people and that's to fully ridiculous. understand this too. If you are the parent that yells at referees, that's how you are known. Yeah, like that's what you're known as. You're mm-hmm. the you're the dad or mom who yells. I True. like just completely understand that every other parent on the team and like other parents in the leagues, that's how they identify you. It's true, and like you said. If you're fine with that, that's fine. If you want to yeah. chirp, I get that too. Like again, I, we're not talking about that. Oh, but, dude, come on! Like, like I'm like. <laughs> No, I've been in the stands. You came with a come on, blue. Yeah, that's fine. Or where was that? that I mean, like that's, that's that's completely that fine. That's part of the game. That's, that's what 
That's what it's supposed to sound yeah. like. Or let the kids play. The refs kind of like, expect that too yeah, when they go. It, they don't expect, funny. like you said, the, the derogatory terms. Yeah, so they start hitting them with your trash. And the, yeah, and then yeah. the actual physical act of going out and, and causing harm. All of that stuff. Heck no. That's I saw a ref talking about this on Twitter today, and he insanity. said that it, the the moment he decided to quit was he was going leaving the field, went out to his car, got in his car. Again, this was a youth league game, and a parent stood behind his car in a parking spot and wouldn't let him leave until he, quote, apologized to my child. It's embarrassing. Yeah, no, forget that. Like, do te- the entitlement that that teaches your kid. Yeah. Or what, what should be the lesson that you're teaching a kid if you feel like a, a game was officiated poorly is some things are out of your control. Control what you can control. Yep. One game's not going to come down to one call. Mm-hmm. Right? Bunch of other plays you guys could have made. Right? Control what you can control. Right. And I'll say that to the fans in the stands, too. You are a fan. You are a spectator. You are not involved in that game. Yeah. You are not involved. You have no impact. Outside of the noise you can generate, you have no impact. Right. Go to the game. Enjoy the game. You've heard me on here a million times. I encourage people that don't even have kids in high school, go out and watch a high school football game. Go out and watch a high school basketball game. Absolutely. Great local entertainment. But if you feel the need to, like, violently harm someone... Maybe we need to talk about some things. Mm-hmm. This is second down on ESPN Radio. We got some spring games to dive into. I'm going to come back tell you about the ones we got coming up this weekend and why you should be watching them. Please do not yell at me. You know, what? no, you know what? It's fine. If you feel the need to, maybe we'll make it a new show. Fridays before your kids have games coming up. If you need to like get something off your chest about officiating, you call in nine one two three four two seven one eight four. Berate me. Leave the officials alone. We'll be right back after this. PJ, if you giggle at Shania one more time. <laughs> well, dude, like. Why are you laughing at Shania? I didn't even laugh at first. I, you, you just, like, made it up. We're like, why are you laughing at me? I'm like, I'm not. And then you did the sound. And I, I'm gonna, what sound did I do? You, you did the sound. What the, sound did I do? At the beginning of the song. You were like, what was it? You were like, woo! Do you want to do it together? You were like. You want to do it together? No, I don't. No. No. I don't even know when the sound came. Is you ready? Right there. Oh my god! You, you want to do it again? Where is it at? Did I miss it? Yeah. Did we miss it? Yeah. Here we go. You gotta like give me it. You gotta like give me it. I. You miss it again. See, yeah, I did because I thought like yeah, my bad. Ready? No, we're not doing this, dude. What were you gonna talk about? What? Where is it? Woo! I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank is, you, Shania. Uh, no, we got to talk some spring games, man. <laughs> okay. You got, you got, you got to talk some spring games. All right. So we have some big time ones coming up this weekend. I know last weekend you're like, yeah, you got Georgia, Alabama. There's no spring games out of that, right? No, no, no. This is the more fun weekend. I'm just gonna put it out there. Okay. This is the more fun weekend because this is a bunch of new faces at like a bunch that? of these schools. So it's your first look at what I think are a bunch of schools that can kind of shape the landscape of college football to come the next few years, i.e. LSU. Yes. First year of the Brian <clears throat> Kelly regime down there in Baton Rouge. We don't care about that. Yeah, we do. Nah. I care more about the players. I don't care about that. Well, I'm just trying to give you a reason Dancing to watch. Fool. I'm just trying to give you a reason to watch. Yeah, maybe you see Brian Kelly cut a rug, bust a move, <laughs> right? Weirdly gyrate on a player. Who knows? Please We've seen no. videos of it before. But we get our first look at Brian Kelly over at LSU. That coming up this weekend. Also, Notre Dame. Brian yes. Kelly's, you know, his stepping stone to LSU. Yeah. 
True. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, no, it, you know, Brian Kelly's previous stop, and I should say. Maybe Ed Orgeron's next home? I don't, did you see that? Uh, I think Ed Orgeron is, is thinking about maybe getting his kids to go. I think they were on a visit. Yeah. But I like. I think Ed Orgeron's going to take a little TV deal. Yeah, no, I, that'd be that'd be it. I I don't know. At the same time, like I, I'd love to see him back in coaching. I don't well, think, let's talk about the one who's actually he did a bad job. Yeah. Let's talk about the one who's actually for sure. Marcus Freeman, our first look at him and his meteoric rise to taking over one of the most prestigious uh, college football jobs in the land. Uh, so we will get our first look at Marcus Freeman. Also coming up on Saturday, first look at the Clay Helton era there in go. Georgia Southern. I think Brian Ellis, a name to know, the offensive coordinator there for Georgia Southern. We spoke to him a couple weeks back, but we're going to get a look. Uh, probably a pretty good idea of who's really in the quarterback race for this team, but also haven't seen a change like this in quite a while in Statesboro in terms of the offense going to an up-tempo. That's the one thing that that they have given us so far is we don't know what the offense is going to look like, but we know it's going to have tempo because that's the thing they just keep hammering. So in Statesboro, big-time match coming up on Saturday because, again, first look at the Clay Helton era. Oklahoma. This Saturday, no more Lincoln Riley, mm-hmm. and they didn't hire from within. They went and got the ungettable, the guy we thought was going to die in Clemson, Brent Venables, taking over Oklahoma, really his return to Oklahoma, uh, but he takes over there uh, as the head coach of the Sooners, but also a few different names to watch there. Dylan Gabriel uh, finishing up his career as a Sooner after transferring over uh, from UCF, so we get to watch him over at the Grove. We got Ole Miss's spring game coming yep. up this weekend. Lane Kiffin's got to decide on a quarterback. We got USC transfer Jackson Dart, which is the greatest name in the history of quarterbacking. Jackson good. with an X. It's pretty Dart. good. Yeah. Like if you're creating a like if there was like a football video game and the villain, right? Your your arch nemesis. Yeah. His name's Jackson Dart. So we got that way up in Oregon, going coast to coast here. Way up in Oregon. First look at the Dan Lanning era. True. Funny thing to watch here is Bo Nix, who has transferred from Auburn, not taking all of the first-team quarterback reps. Maybe it's spring. Maybe they're trying to get some looks. But right now, Bo Nix has not locked down that starting job. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Quinn Ewers, you'll remember him from the beginning of last football season where he forewent his senior high school season, signed a million-dollar name, image, and likeness deal to be the fifth quarterback at Ohio State. Spent a year at Ohio State and is now... At Texas. He's back home in Texas. Steve Sarkeesian, former Alabama offensive coordinator. Quinn Ewers, former Ohio State quarterback. And then just a plethora of Alabama transfers. <laughs> so we get our first look at them yeah. coming up on Saturday as well. TCU, get our first look at them post Gary Patterson, who is now where? At Texas. How about that? As a special assistant. Uh, way out in Los Angeles, we get our first look at Lincoln Riley and former Oklahoma quarterback. You still remember his name? Caleb Williams. Let's go. I'm just trying to get you involved. Caleb Williams. I appreciate that. Back at it again. Uh, and they, listen, Georgia wins the national championship. They play their spring game. It's booted over 1 o'clock on ESPN2. USC, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, they play their spring game. Ho, ho, ho. Get ready to go 7-5. and five, 3 o'clock ESPN. Yeah, ridiculous. We know who you care about. You know who else is out there this weekend? Who's that? The oldest man in college football. Sean Clifford and Penn State. I was going to get there. Oh, my bad. You kind of ruined my flow, but that's okay. Oh, uh, whoops. No, no, talk about well, it. I ruined your flow because he doesn't have any. So Yeah, that's fair. Uh, is he the oldest quarterback or Stetson? 
No, I'm pretty sure he is. We'll figure that out in the break. Yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, Penn State getting going. I did see an article and they were like, can Penn State find a running game? And I was like, is that what Penn State's worried about? I think we're worried about a little bit of everything. But like, yeah, that is a big like, problem is, is right that, now. Is that what Penn State's worried about? Or is it just like offense in general? Yeah, uh, Also, I want to do this quickly. Also, this weekend, Utah, I would encourage you to take a look at them because you are going to see them in the top five of pretty much every poll yeah. in college football. At defense, and, man. Yeah, everybody's focused on USC. Utah, best Pac-12 team in the country right now. Uh, and then finally, I don't know if you're going to get a look at him, but you can kind of scope out the future home of one JT Daniels because West Virginia plays their spring game. Local ties, you can watch our, our good friend Sam James. Yeah, for sure. Up there getting it done, former Richmond Hill product. Used to have a bunch of Savannah wide receivers up there, but Winston Wright transferred to Florida State. But Sam James getting it done up there at West Virginia. So a whole lot of action coming up, but I think this is a very important weekend because it gives you your first look at a whole bunch around college football. We're going to figure out who's older, Sean Clifford or Stetson Bennett. we got to bring you this hard-hitting information. We'll tell you when we come back right here on Second Down. You too can say hello to Kevin Thomas coming up on three and out immediately yes. following us. So uh, some quick research. PJ would let you know Stetson Bennett is 24 years old. Sean Clifford's 23, so that is only a better quarterback. He's a little bit older as well. Just but another yeah. thing Sean Clifford was wrong about That's then. true. Yep. So, hey, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, coming up next right here on ESPN Radio.